Good afternoon and welcome everyone to the Hilliard Beacon election special number four in this echo of summer, 85 degree October day. Uh, I am one of your humble hosts, Jordan Smith, and I am joined to my left by Tim Hoffman. Good evening. <laughs> Solid opening as everybody. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, and I will be joined to my right eventually by Kevin Corvo. Uh, yeah, he'll be here after he gets in from a long day at school. He's been uh, trapped by uh, the busing pattern of Dublin School District, so he'll be on his way uh, shortly. But our guest for the day has arrived uh, in his large truck oriented to his business, and uh, he is here sitting with us. He is a candidate for re-election for Hilliard City Council. Uh, we'd like to welcome in Pete Marsh. Pete, welcome to the Hilliard Beacon. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Glad that you're here. <laughs> yes, we are both glad that you're here, and Kevin, uh, once he joins us, will be glad uh, that you have joined as well. Yeah, I'll be glad when he's here. <laughs> yeah, uh, Kevin's kind of the reason that we're all here, really. I mean, uh, the sense that we need information sources that we can trust and produce reliably and uh, have uh, connections to meaningful information to get meaningful answers has never been more important, and that is largely one of the reasons we're here trying to forward this effort to provide people with plenty of information and to give a little bit more explanation on you know, what we're doing with this interview series in particular. I'll throw it to my comrade to the left here, Tim Hoffman. For sure. Let's and see, let's and see he'll go I, through it for us. See if I can do this without the cheat sheet. Oh, yes. Here we go. The purpose of these interviews is we're trying to sit down with everyone who's running for public office in Hilliard to give you a chance to sit down in a non-time constrained way to talk about the things you want to talk about. We have some questions that uh, we have for you mm -hmm. and we want you to be able to uh, speak at length about those until you feel like you have, you are explained uh, with the idea we want people who are heading to the polls to have an opportunity where they haven't before mm -hmm. to hear from candidates at length in a uh, convivial, fraternal kind of uh, place where we're not. We we just want to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> no, I think that's great. It's so hard to do that these days. Right. And uh, social media is not built for that. Um, you know, even a candidate's night, as good as those are, you know, one minute time frames. It's it's hard, it's hard to elaborate within within those constraints so or sure like the the allotted uh gotcha question at the end the, the gotcha question opportunity for each candidate to go around and throw a dart at the board i i've always thought that was a little odd when i sat up there i it, the question came to me and i happened to be the last in the line and i and it was no 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 and i yeah, no question here's your chance you want to take a swing at somebody uh, yeah exactly you exactly you get one well, free hit but then again, that the reason that I believe a lot of people in that public context and in that format took that no opportunity is because they understand that that is not necessarily conducive to getting a real answer. That's conducive to getting a response. That's conducive to uh, starting a, a fireworks fight or whatever. Sure. But it's not really the kind of... Um, collaborative day-to-day -day, ongoing structure that governing 
a city and a growing municipality is. So sure. I think it, it's it's limited limited value in that way. It's nice to provide it in a big public setting and mm-hmm. in a format where people can come out. But I think this has been uh, uh, educational for a lot of people already, and I and I hope it continues to be so. And I feel like each one of these has gotten a little bit more tuned uh, and a little bit better. And thank you again to all the candidates that have come out and will be coming out. We've been having a lot of luck scheduling people, so those will be produced. And hopefully we'll have everything done before the uh, election. So (laughs) it's a bit ambitious, uh, but this whole thing's a bit ambitious, but we're happy to be doing it. So just to get right into it, uh, normally I would turn to Kevin and say, Kevin, uh, the people have been clamoring for your opening question, uh, but I will go ahead and take that. Uh, opportunity today and just say uh this election cycle you've run before you've been appointed once yep you've run before and been elected Mm -hmm. uh now this is a a full re-election cycle how does it feel this time around oh wow um elections are always challenging um for some of the things we just talked about you know um, by nature, I am not uh, I am not a Twitter soundbite type person. Um, I'm much more deliberative, uh, fairly nuanced in uh, how I approach things. How dare you? I know, I know. <laughs> um, which, which can be a real challenge in in an election setting where you know you're competing with you're competing with a lot of noise. You're competing with uh, you know. People's attention is a thousand different places. They don't necessarily always want, um, you know, a 15-minute answer to a question they were hoping they'd get a 30-second answer to. Sure. Um, so, so election cycles are just because of my personality a little bit a little bit challenging, but they're also a lot of fun too from a standpoint of it is a time where. People are a little more outgoing, I guess, in uh, some of their questions and comments, and uh, that's always very informative as well. You know, hearing what's on the mind of you know a particular voter. You know, maybe it's a very uh, niche thing to their neighborhood. Maybe it's a big picture thing uh, for Hilliard. Um, so, you know, it's it's fun as well as challenging. When the energy comes up. It brings out a lot of things that people generally kind of just work through. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're on their way, they're on their work commute. They're on their way to a job. They're going to and from. Uh, they're not putting a lot of time or investment or or thought into the process of what's going on day to day in city government. Now there have been an expansion of tools that have made it more uh, simple to keep up with what's going on in city government. There's some really nice uh, email notifications bring you the agendas. You can sign up for multiple notifications, but you basically write in what will be the room and -hmm. what will be discussed. It's up to you to follow up with either the video that's provided uh, by the city or the meeting notes or things like that. But there's never been more information, Mm -hmm. but uh, with a nuanced guy like yourself, uh, there is the potential for that information, for that signal to be lost in the noise that you mentioned, yeah. right? Uh, I think there's no denying that this election cycle has now been definitively centered around the community plan. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And uh, done so via the polarizing choice of opening a campaign and, and running it effectively as a slate. That's what they've addressed themselves as on the can- on that Save Hilliard campaign page. Mm-hmm. Uh, and using polarizing language like Save Hilliard. You are not part of that. You are part of the identified Columbus crew, <laughs> as they say. I consider myself kind of an independent uh, uh, <laughs> of sorts. And, uh, and, you do, and we will get into that a little bit about how uh, one of the issues that you were actually sitting on city council for, issue 26, would have removed uh, partisan designations for city council races and things like that and would have made it more um, uh, amenable to that independent mm-hmm. identification. But they are kind of setting this table, and the candidates for council – uh, J.T. Soldike and Mike Carney are running as Save Hilliard candidates. Mm-hmm. All that being said, Save Hilliard's very polarizing language. Uh, do you feel like you <laughs> you yourself are in a position to save and or condemn Hilliard, Pete? Uh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, and uh, I mean, listen, I understand, you know, having gone through a previous election— certainly being aware of how elections work, you know, state, national politics, and all of that. I understand how, how things go. I understand that, uh, you know, it's, it's often, um, you know, you have to use the polarizing language because that's how you're trying to attract attention. Um, I just, I can't make myself go there. Um, I'm not comfortable in that space, so I just won't do it. Um, I do wish that we hadn't you know had this tactic um in the local race i mean we the way i view it we see enough of that at the uh, national and state level and i think that uh local races should be if nowhere else local races should be where it's very um issue centered it's very much uh conversation centered there is plenty of room for uh, disagreement on any number of topics, um, but that can be handled in a very open way, uh, a, a conversational way where we can discuss the merits, the, the, the potential uh, downfalls of certain policies, the, the, the upswing of it. Um, and I wish we were there rather than, you know, I, I have to say the, the videos that came out, you know, they're not generated to inform people. They're, they're intended to frighten people and uh, scare them into voting in a certain way. And uh, I, I just I hate to see that happen at this local level. I think that a lot of people will see that there have been times where people in the city council as it's constituted now have been on side of certain issues and on different sides of certain issues. This seems uh, more targeted towards a, a endorsement writ large of the community plan by the city council body. Mm-hmm. The community plan seems to be standing in for any kind of uh, a personal um, focus or drive in the in these elections in this in this election cycle it feels like there's not a lot of uh uh individual initiative expressed yet it feels like this is the central ground so that being said there's like five claims in the save hilliard presentation we'll call it uh on their website 
And I just wanted to go through those now because okay. I think, as you kind of stated, you're in this position where you are uh, running kind of somewhere along the lines of loving the community plan. You've been involved throughout its entire generation. You mentioned mm -hmm. as much at the Meet the Candidates Forum. Right. And that you've been a part of this transition of professionalizing city administration, converting forms of city government. Yep and going through that whole process. So you've been deeply involved all throughout. So I just thought it would be interesting if you kind of went through these claims and said where you stand relative to one or the other or what, what your positions are. Sure. So, and again, these are as vague as, as they are on the, on the page because that's all they've provided so far, but no high rise apartments. Mm -hmm. What is your position on that relative to the community plan, your own, your own feelings, Please, if you don't mind. Yeah, I mean, I think when 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 we're talking about the community plan, we're we're talking about mixed use projects that do include res residential component uh, in the form of apartments. Um, not necessarily that it has to be; it could be condos or or other forms of of residential um, development, but. I think what we've see as we look around, you know, the region and really the country is those have to be a component of a successful commercial development. And as a city, what I keep coming back to is we have to have funds to do the things that our community expects to have plenty of plows to plow the road, to put on great 4th of July concerts, uh, concerts in, in Old Hilliard on Thursday nights, to have programming for uh, kids at Rec and Parks, to improve intersections, uh, repave streets, all of those things. We have to have money to do those things. And in order to do that, the way the city is funded is primarily through income tax, which means we have to have jobs that are physically located in Hilliard. Um, as is in the comp plan, approximately 16,000 people wake up every morning in Hilliard, get in the car, and they leave. And about 18,000 people uh, wake up somewhere else and they drive into Hilliard to work. And then there's about 1,500 people who like me, <laughs> we wake up here, we go down the street somewhere, but you know, we, we live and work in Hilliard um, and Tim as well. So, you know, we have to have those jobs here and nobody is interested in the old BMW campus type setup. Nobody is interested in a Verizon tower type development. Um, these firms want to locate in more dynamic settings. Uh, you know, Bridge Park is always the one that's mentioned because it's very close and it's very successful. It's attracted a lot of employers, uh, employees like that too. So we have to be open to that type of development. You can't just say, well, I'm for commercial development and single family homes. Uh, no one wants to build that standalone Class A office space. That's just not where we are uh, today. That's not to say we won't be somewhere else 10 years from now, but where we are right now and what the information we have to plan. Well, you've seen employers as rich as BMW Financial be induced into that kind of development and then leave that kind of development when the tax incentives mm -hmm. were gone. So I think there's some historical validation for that kind of thinking and that 
people are moving towards that density, they are suggesting the mixed-use component and bringing things in. It's uh, in keeping with the larger guidance that we need to focus on infill kind of development here. We know that single-family housing isn't really productive when it comes to generating revenues via employment because those are uh, those people that commute and come back and have employment elsewhere except for the the small percentage that stay local so uh, but to the high-rise apartment component you're speaking more about the commercial development on those first floor levels and in those plazas and in dynamic kind of uh, areas that they're talking about creating such as true point such as uh, the market gardens at, uh, I think that's what they're calling it, the gardens at Mill Run. They're discussing creating more mixed use over there and, mm-hmm. and large uh, apartment uh, complex, right. things like that. So I understand that's that's a, a, a going concern, and that's what the developers are bringing to you as a city. Right. Um, there are some more claims here. I think if you would like to expand on that, I think I kind of – summed up a little bit of what you're you're suggesting there as far as mm-hmm. that you needing that commercial component and wanting it yes. they're tight to the rooftops that they're supporting and things of that nature so yeah yeah definitely i mean the 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 textbook uh mixed use is that retail first floor which is often also kind of an amenity to the community you know we talk about wanting certain types of restaurants or shops or things like that you know, above that, you have your your office where that's where more of, you know, from a city standpoint, where more of the uh, income tax is generated. And then, you know, to make these projects work, there's often a residential component above that. And um, so I'm very open to to that type of project. Yeah. Um, I think I think I want to elaborate slightly that um, this is where we come back to nuance. Mm-hmm. Um, Go, <laughs> you know, please. Go for it. A, a, apartment, and it's not just in Hilliard, but, you know, apartment is, is kind of a four-letter word in most of the suburbs. Sure. And, you know, historically speaking, that has had to, you know, had to do with arguments about, you know, student generation and uh, uh, property taxes these newer mixed-use developments that are part of the comp plan, they're generating right fewer now students. fewer students, and they are generating more property tax per student than a single-family home. So uh, to take, for example, the uh, over by the uh, Giant Eagle on Britain Parkway, uh, that's generating about three times the property tax per student as a typical home in Lakewood does so it's no longer the case that (laughs) apartment means a bunch of students and not much revenue um you know so i think we have to be we have to be a lot more nuanced on how we look at at uh what quote unquote apartments mean addressing um moving it forward through the five I would like to get through all five of these because I think yeah. it's important to just go ahead and get all this drug out into the uh, the center. Um, must be reasonable and neighborly. Must be family and community focused. I think those are so extremely vague as to be unhelpful. Uh, I think family and community focused is family and community. That's nothing to do with what's built there or anything of that nature. But uh, yeah. must be reasonable and neighborly is described – 
in in a lot of ways, but it's described principally in zoning, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of an overall process. Uh, it is. But if you'd like to speak to those two uh, components as to how the city develops uh, uh, in an aspect that's reasonable and neighborly or family and community focused now or in the future or how you think they you already do that. I, yeah. I mean, I think if anybody is running on a platform of unreasonable and non-neighborly, they're probably not going to be tremendously successful. Hmm. Uh, right. You know, th- these are very vague terms but I, that I think everybody is shooting for. Now, you know, there's there's room for disagreement on what neighborly means or uh, what reasonable means. Uh, as you alluded to, a lot of that comes down to the, 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 the details, the meat and potatoes of the zoning code. You know, that's where you're looking at things like elevation of buildings. Um, and what, what even is back. a high rise? <laughs> yeah. You know, how things are set back, how, how you are, you know, buffering existing residential neighborhoods. Um, you know, just as I've talked with a lot of people, I've, I've frequently gone back to the 2011 comp plan to explain, you know, some of the things that they may fear about the 2023 comp plan that either already existed in that plan or in some cases were maybe um you know worse in some regards so yeah an evolution yeah so for example you have the historic homes on on norwich street um and everyone wants to protect that it's it's a, a highly unique thing about hilliard that that doesn't exist in most of the other suburbs we're close to that that core of the city you have the the historic homes um under the 2011 comp plan right behind them would have been permitted up to 52 feet of uh some sort of structure uh under the new 2023 comp plan there's now kind of a buffer zone where it spells out that that's more of a, a residential you know capped out at three floors but it might not be three it might just be you know duplex type homes uh things like that um so there are some real thin slicing the the yeah overall picture to a a more nuanced picture of the of the street itself of the area itself exactly i mean even main street itself um the elevation uh it's listed and again these are recommendations in the comprehensive plan but the elevation maximum listed there is 54 feet our current code allows 52 there's not a massive change there one change that does exist is that the the current comprehensive plan that we just approved uh, does recommend going lower at the street level making it a more uh, pedestrian scale where at maximum you would be at three floors at the street level uh, or, or at uh, on the street facing um, but that again that doesn't mean that everything is going to be developed the same way not everything's going to be three stories all the way down main street all of these things still go through the normal processes of planning and zoning and city council and we've approved lots of things recently that weren't two, three, four stories, even though that's what the comp plan showed. You know, Crooked Can is one floor, but, you know, city felt like that was a, uh, a, a beneficial thing. Uh, Hill Garden is essentially a privately owned park that serves 
food and drink. Uh, so zero floor development. Yeah. So. And I will say, I thought I thought those um, just speaking to that process overall, in all the concept plans on every page of the plan where there's a rendering of a graphic representation of differentiating zoning, suggested uses, all these different things, there's a disclaimer text in the corner that explains exactly what it is to see all these different, I I cheap out and use grayscale, (laughs) but what it is to, to see all these different colors overlaid here. And what it says is, uh, and this part was cropped out of almost every one of those uh, colored maps that I saw at the Save Hilliard rally. And I don't know if it's cropped out on the website, but I'll be looking. Uh, area plan concepts are general guides to indicate potential development options. Plans are schematic only. And the actual mix of land uses, locations, configurations of buildings, parking areas, streets, and access points will be determined through the public review process for individual development projects. Properties retain all existing rights. So, That's right. Yeah, and, and, you know, there's also text in there that very clearly states the recommendations in the comprehensive plan, these are not parcel-specific. So it is not saying that on parcel 10-2018 that you must put this type of development. Uh, it, 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 those those maps are, are highly schematic. Um, you know, they're, they're about, in this general area, these are the types of development that we think could be beneficial. Because in the 2011 plan, like you said, the, that area was marked for 52 feet mm-hmm. high development and everything under the sun could happen there under those certain conditions mm-hmm. uh, upon further review, mm-hmm. upon further public process and government process, those plans changed. And I think yeah. what's important to remind people is that through things like this, we're trying to engage with and understand how that's an ongoing process. And it's not just cut and dried in one decision and that's right. it. Uh, they go on to suggest that uh, electing safe Hilliard candidates will help keep tra- taxes and traffic low. How would you like to keep taxes and traffic low? Uh, I think you kind of hinted at some of it by being uh, conscientious in the type of development models you suggested previously and things like that. But if you have anything else you'd like to say about that topic, please. Yeah. Um, also in the comprehensive plan, the, um, the plan, uh, there's a almost a whole page devoted to uh, looking at the more recent developments in Hilliard and the student yields from those developments. Um, it has kind of an interesting metric that I, I, I hadn't used before, but I, I like it of a students per acre um, yield. And uh, so I think we're very cognizant of that. I think also going back to something that we touched very briefly at the beginning in in how we've kind of changed the form of government, we do not have, it is not an adversarial relationship between the city and the schools. It is very much a partnership. And so, you know, whether it's the elected officials or, you know, the administrators, they're in constant communication with each other on these things. You know, we're, we're very aware of what their needs are. Um, you know, and that's not to say there isn't tension at points. Um, there's suggestions. There always will be, but. 
there's suggestions throughout that there's a collaborative and developing relationship along the lines of the master facilities plan yeah. uh, because that's primarily yeah. the property, the real estate, yeah. that dimension, and uh, the city's uh, comprehensive plan because those are how those two things interplay directly. But if you don't mind, uh, I'd like to welcome Kevin in to the conversation. Uh, joining from a, a frenzied commute, I'm sure obeying all traffic laws. Hey, there he is, folks. On the bridge on Hayden Run Road. Tim's, Tim's, Tim's running to check your mic level I'll real quick, I think. Uh, but, yeah, welcome in, buddy. And uh, I, I wondered if you, given the previous few minutes of conversation, had a question that popped into mind that you would like to start off or you would like to follow up with. I do, but I've listened for the past 20 minutes, so I've heard most of what Fire we've away. discussed. Yeah, yeah, and, you've been uh, here. You've been you've here. Done. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to <laughs> say you've been shirking <laughs> your responsibilities, <laughs> my friend. Uh, you've covered the topics, so I I don't want to ask anything that's that's redundant. the The comprehensive the community plan is how many pages? One hundred sixty six. One hundred sixty six. Sixty six. So that's a lot to read. Um, thank you, Jordan. So I guess the question I would have for Pete, and I want to um, preface this um, before I ask it with a little bit of anecdotal. Prattlings. Uh, <laughs> I have, I'm a lifelong resident here, so, and um, I would not deny being called a Luddite. Uh, my, <laughs> my son and I have had many spirited conversations where he has to say, come on, Dad, live in the 21st century kind of thing. Um, certainly when I feel that technology sometimes can cause problems. I mean, I'm personally dealing with this with, I mean, I said once in a classroom, you know, just give me a blackboard and chalk, and I don't think that was very well received because we were having <laughs> trouble with mirroring iPads. And well, I mean, and you look around this table; we're work. all guys that work with our hands, right? right? We're just kind of, we're just kind of, we're just kind of fellas. Let's be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so sometimes I would rather just have a car with a straight slant six and spark plugs and a carburetor. I can't work on any cars because of all the things that are on them. Hmm. Uh, and sometimes with technology, if you don't, I mean, you sometimes really have to scramble to execute a lesson plan if you don't have every slide and every, everything with it. So having said all of that, I sometimes cringe at why we have to keep going to, and developing the next best thing and the next best thing and the next best thing. So the preface I have there is um, some might argue, one could argue, that the Save Hilliard platform is all about staying where we are and we do not need to go forward with what's in this community plan and it's a lengthy community plan so pete what is your best way to distill and summarize that comprehensive plan in as few words as possible and still convey what's important about it and the second part of that question would be why we can't just stay where we are and not <laughs> and not do anything with development um Sure. Okay. I would say that this plan is all about preparing for growth and uh, preparing for growth that will be economically beneficial to the city in such a way that it allows the city to provide more services, better services, more amenities to their residents. Um, okay. That's as succinct as I can do it. <laughs> um, your second question was why your view on why it would not be beneficial to the city perhaps not oh, not sure. to have an alternate i think community plan 
just to say, hey, we're not doing X. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, so, so I'm originally from Bowling Green, Ohio, Northwest Ohio, mm-hmm. um, and I love Bowling Green. I loved growing up there. Um, but I don't think I'm breaking any uh, taboos to say that it is not as dynamic of a growing area as as things are here. Uh, when I go back, things Understood. are largely the way they were. I looked like Bowling Green in 1972 when yeah. I uh, um, moved here, or was, was moved here. But I think we have to recognize where we are. We're, <clears throat> we are a suburb of the capital city uh, of the state of Ohio, one of the, what are we now, like 15, 15, 15th largest city in the, in the United States. Mm. And we still have to uh, qualify Ohio. Columbus, where? Yeah. That bugs me sometimes. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think we have to understand where we are and recognize that um, we don't necessarily set the agenda. Even if you didn't want any growth, um, Hilliard can't prevent that from happening. Right. Uh, it's, it's going to happen, and so you need to be prepared. I mean, one of the things that, you know, and, you know, I may have even said some of these things myself, uh, four years ago when I was running, you know, people will uh, be upset at their city government that, well, how, how could you not plan for this? You know, how, you know, how could you not know our, our roads or our sewer couldn't handle this? And, you know, what we are trying to do with this comp plan is head those off uh, in the future and say, we have thought about it. Um, this is what we think we need to do at this particular intersection. This is how we think we need to improve this road. This is the amount of money we think we need to save to eventually replace that sewer that takes everything from Hoffman Farms that's pretty new as far as sewers go, um, but eventually won't be and eventually will need work just like the older sewers in some of our older neighborhoods need now. The meaningful uh, understanding there is that stuff will cost more in the future. Yes. So the more of it that we put in. The more of it we put in now, the more you have to do later, too. So it's both about generating the income to be able to address those things, but it's also about by by growing in rather than growing out minimizing the amount of new infrastructure you're putting in place you know not necessarily having to do you know three miles of road to add a handful of homes or you know miles of sewer and water lines when we have the opportunity where there are where there is existing infrastructure to kind of tap into that um, and hopefully make those future expenses less than they would be if 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 all we did was focus our expansion outward. Mm. Follow up. Yes, but on a different vein. Pivot. Pivot. <laughs> uh, stepping away from the subject matter we've discussed here before. Why do you want this job? Why do you want to be on city council and, and stay on city council? This many this many times in, I'm seeing I'm seeing the signs start coming out of the the mothballs now. I'm seeing the Pete Marsh signs coming out now. So yes, um, your view of public service, your view of helping make this uh, community remain um, as wonderful as it is and improve. Mm-hmm. Just why do you want to why do you want to stay on city council? I suppose 
we we alluded to the to the um, divide that um, is exists. burgeoning exists, um, and, and of course that exists. Unfortunately, sometimes I think at every level of government mm -hmm. today. Sure. So, but we've um, talked a little bit about uh, Pete's kind of different take on that and okay. municipal politics and how it's down at this level that things can be broken down so, a little bit more. But yeah, despite some of the darts that might be lobbed over your head mm -hmm. at times uh wh why do you why do you want to be on city council and stay on city council yeah i mean so i mean uh, s some of the same reasons that i signed up for it to begin with um you know i felt like this would be a uh, a good way that i could be involved in community service and be be actively engaged in my community um you know i already mentioned growing up in bowling green uh you know, my dad was very involved. He was never, never ran for anything, but he was very involved in everything. In and what so ways? That was, what are some things? Oh, he was in uh, pretty much every club. He was a city attorney uh, for 30-some okay. years. Oh, so this like public prosecutor maybe. kind of thing uh, or like, defender? Like, um, what, like what Phil does for okay. us. Okay, um, gotcha. Attending the meetings. Council. And, yes. Um, so very engaged in a number of things. And so... It kind of was just in my blood that you you're active in right. your community, and so when I and you know when I picked Hilliard because I really did pick Hilliard um, after working here for a while, you know when I was time to find a home, uh, I wanted to live here. I thought this was a place that uh, it it felt like it should be my home, and once I did select it, I wanted to be part of the community and so I got involved in things I I got involved in uh, you know I was one of the initial appointees to the Environmental Sustainability Commission I was uh, for a few years before I got appointed to council I was on the destination Hilliard board um, my wife is very active in the Rotary Club and I do all those things with her um, they're just good ways to be part of the community and when the opening came up six years ago now almost um i felt like you know that's that's something that i think i would like to do and, and you know on a personal level too i like the challenge of it because it is so different from what i do on a day-to-day -day basis in my you know in my patio and landscape business you know it's 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 a i engage a totally different side of my brain for for the city council stuff and i i enjoy doing that um I like to think that I provide some benefit to the city and being kind of thoughtful about things. Um, but I, you know, I enjoy it. It's a community service for me. It's not a, it's not a career. Um, this, this would be my last term on it. Cause when we, if, if I were elected by the time we got to the end of four years, my oldest will finally be in high school. And I the think pace, I'd like the to pace go to of play things. is getting yeah. going to be crazy. Yeah, at that I think point. I'd like to go to band and sports and whatnot. Yeah. Um, Say nothing to the two others you got bringing up uh, yeah. reinforcements right behind. Yeah, yeah. So I'll find other ways to uh, be part of the community at that point. Um, but for right now, uh, you know, <laughs> sometimes I feel stretched very thin. But but I do feel like I can do this, and and I like doing it. I think I have a good perspective that I can bring uh, to the role, and so. Very good, very good. Uh, Tim, hey. what do you say we ask Pete what a, a fun 
place to dive into the community plan would be. We've dealt with all the stress and the strain around the big scary document. What is one of the places you would suggest people just jump in to get a good feeling for what some of your what some of the city is trying to do with the community? If they had to pick 20 pages out of 100, yeah, yeah, to start with, to get hooked on. So, version or tell people. So I'll kind of. the the narrowest slice that I am most excited about is is the concept of um, development along a trail corridor. So, in survey after survey, the favorite thing people list about Hilliard is our trails. They love the rail to trail. I hope like heck we can get the rest of that corridor and get it get it finished off. It is um, literally right behind this building. Yeah, and. I think if um, I think we could do something really exciting that is truly unique. I mean, everybody says, "Oh, our city's unique in this way or that way," but um, very unique to have a kind of a a bicycle centric, a trail centric mixed use development along that corridor, um, as the comp plan <clears throat> says, potentially in the location of the current city hall. I think that's a really exciting concept. Mobility um, and connectivity all tied in together with the density and infill development. Yeah, and you know that's the type of thing that's going to attract people near and far. You know, folks from Columbus, other surrounding areas, they're going to want to ride their bikes down that trail and come there, and you know, and every other trail it business. will connect to. Yeah. I mean, this is the final stages of really linking up with the bigger network of yeah. this trail. And to say that, as you mentioned earlier, some of the previous community plans, there was such a significant focus on trail construction, even going back to Roger Reynolds' terms, talking about mm-hmm. how uh, pedestrian pathways were built. Uh, adjacent to roadways in certain ways to encourage bike use and to encourage pedestrian uh, walking and and, and connectivity. I think it's a a continuing commitment. It's an evolution of that commitment uh, for a suburb. You could say the same about the pedestrian bridge going in across uh, 270, which now makes quite a bit more sense Mm -hmm. given that there's hundreds of millions of dollars that are going to be put into uh true point and other developments mm-hmm. supposedly surrounding that area too so uh that's an interesting point to dive in on tim did you have anything you wanted to get from pete on different community plan sections or anything like that or any questions at all buddy he settled in settled in my cerebellum just fused <laughs> tied to his spinal um, column. <laughs> okay. Kevin, hit me with another one, but I'm turning to you. I'm turning to you then. Uh, maybe we could talk about TruePoint a little bit. Uh, sure. ADS just made the news. They are moving in yep. uh, as an anchor tenant. Is that um, is that good news in your opinion? Do you like that development? Oh, yeah. No, I, I love that development. Um, I think um, – I think my son will too. He and his friends will probably be up there mm. senior year. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. There are a lot of good things that are coming as a result of that development. So obviously, you know, to go back and flog the dead, dead horse of uh, please city, flog uh, away <laughs> city funding. You know, retaining an employer like ADS and even you know expanding as they're going to be uh, kind of. Well, they have the engineering and research complex yep. that's been uh, added and is a big part of the development off Lyman. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then there's also this. So Yep. So that's going to be huge. The other uh, employments that hopefully will be announced here uh, as we keep going on. But I think there's also, um, you know, there's some amenities there that are going to be really popular with our residents. I mean, I don't know for how long I've seen surveys and, um, you know, Facebook posts of why can't we have a fancy restaurant in Hilliard? I mean, it's not that easy. I mean, you, <laughs> the city can't pick up the phone and say, uh, you know, Emerald Cam- Cameron Mitchell. Back of that truck. Uh, up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- this is going to be the first place where we have some of those really unique restaurant concepts um, coming in. I think one of the fun things is uh, that equity has gone outside the Columbus area to find some of those um, places. Well, they're a national so, national company. Yeah, so they're going to you know bring in some people who have been successful around the country to create new concepts here that you will only find here. Uh, you won't be able to find it in, in Dublin or Grove City or anywhere else. Equity so, developers have brought attention to that. Um, yeah. They have not announced any restaurants yet. Um, I asked Steve Wathen in the past seven days and he replied that he expected within the next 30 days that they would have another announcement as to another tenant at um, True Point. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I was going to say uh, Les made the claim that there was a call that was made uh, to some people that there was promised a very big develop, uh, very big additional tenant at True Point behind the scenes that there hasn't been revealed yet. Now I don't know if ADS got announced as yeah. an as an I'm not saying yeah. the but as an anchor tenant. Mm-hmm. I assume that in a huge development like this, there are going to be more announcements coming and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, what about ADS's current headquarters? Is that going to be another BMW or Verizon type uh, situation where unknown uh, un- at this point? Um, I mean, we've talked about how the sort of those kinds of class A office buildings are not popular mm-hmm. and don't get rented. Um, it's hey, it's great we have a we have a, a tenant for True Point that is uh, you know paying high salaries for our um, income tax revenues, but is it a wash mm-hmm. with them moving within the city? Right. We had yeah. talked a little bit about, and this is touching on the underlying mechanism of the TIF. Uh, taxable increment uh financing that we've has been woven throughout hilliard for the last 10 to 15 years Mm -hmm. uh 20 years now going on uh but to tim's point i think the idea that ads moves out of a full freight tax paying situation that they've owned for 20 years and into a leased building in true point development there's there is some wash there in in taxable revenue and taxable arrangements and how how payments in lieu of work and all that Mm -hmm. How do you feel about the overall complication that comes along with a lot of these complex financial mechanisms? We've seen it play out as a as a rescue mechanism for mm-hmm. Hickory Chase, and now we have a beautiful uh, branch of the Columbus Public Libraries yeah. that's a, a jewel of the city. Uh, but we've also seen it crash and burn yeah. uh, a lot, and we've seen just recently Easton re-up for another 30 years mm-hmm. of, of TIF uh, economic structure. So, if you could speak to that, uh, the complex financial mechanisms and the and their use in municipal governance. Yeah, um, complex is the key word there. Um, 
as all of this is. I mean, there are complex uh, financial mechanisms like TIFs, like abatements, CRAs, uh, CRAs. There are uh, there are complex partnerships. You know, uh, our economic development team works very closely with uh, One Columbus. Uh, you know, they work with Morpsey on things. You know, there are other entities out there that are part of Jobs Ohio. Um, so, regional, state level um, partners. Uh, there are a lot of moving pieces to all of these projects, and it's a highly competitive environment. Um, all cities are funded the same way. <laughs> they all want these things in their boundaries. Um, so, you know, Hilliard does, in a very real way, compete with Grove City to the south. We compete with Dublin to the north. We compete with uh, further off. You know, we compete with to an extent with New Albany and Gahanna and Reynoldsburg uh, and of course Columbus. Um, so it can be very challenging and uh, it does, you know, I've, uh, I've grown into a position of looking at these proposals on a very individualized basis. Um, you know, if, I know TIFs are a, a heavy uh, topic of conversation, and if I were in charge of rewriting the state constitution, I probably wouldn't allow that as a thing, but it is allowed as a thing. Um, I, you know, I think that in Hilliard, we have the unique scenario where to use it for uh, at least residential component uh, type things like the mixed use developments that it has to be. Uh, affirmatively signed off on by the school board and the township trustees. I think that's a nice that's a nice middle ground. It's a recognition that we are in competition with other communities and you know we want to have you know as they say the tools uh, to compete while also recognizing that you know our community partners who end up being the ones who lose funding as a result of it get the chance to say yes we're okay with it we agree with you this is such a good thing for the community and we've come up with a complex payment in lieu of taxes uh procedure that 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 works for us or they have the opportunity to say no we don't we don't think that this is the type of project that warrants that or to um, use those positions to negotiate within those bodies to right. to work on those things uh, yeah, so I didn't mean to cut you off there. I apologize. Yeah, you're good. I, I think it's uh, it's a, touches back on some of the charter uh, changes that we've made over the years. Mm -hmm. As things have developed uh, through the change to a city manager form of government, there were also some other issues that got put through, some in uh, a package and others as standalone that didn't that weren't successful. Uh, for whatever reason. One of those we spoke about a little bit uh, before I think we started was that issue 26, I think that was the right number. Issue 26 was the one that was to uh, eliminate partisan designation in city council elections. So there mm -hmm. would just be names. There would no longer be Republican, Democrat. That was voted down by city residents. I don't remember the percentage by which that passed or not. but It, it was significant. It was uh, over 60% yeah. uh, wanted to maintain right. designation. So uh, 
moving from that to something like issue 25, which had a lot of different language in it, which was nested with things that were as simple as the present charter doesn't include this word in this sentence or what have you, but then also created two, I think, pretty significant pieces of city policy. One was the non-discrimination uh, policy, and we can talk about that uh, a little bit if you'd like. But two was uh, this power sharing agreement between mm -hmm. the township, the schools, and the city uh, that you alluded to as being an evolution of mm -hmm. uh, the previous arrangement. Do you see that going any further? Do you see there being any additional changes to that? Because what I'm principally concerned about is those people that don't have a seat at the table. Uh, other county services mm -hmm. and democratically decided funding priorities, uh, Franklin County Board of Public Health and, you know, all these other things, adults with developmental disabilities, mm -hmm. those things are now kind of susceptible to Swiss cheesing their taxable base over periods of 30 years that will have any number of economic ups and downs that we all share as a taxable economy, but that places that use and utilize TIF mechanisms, they have other arrangements made. Mm -hmm. So um, do you feel there's an evolution yet to be made in how these things are negotiated and done, and, and how might that come about? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if where that will go from here um to date that hasn't been a a major conversation point um back when those uh, initial changes were put on um we're looking you know hyper locally you know at the entities that are right here impacted by those decisions and, th and that's the the school and you know the township that runs the fire protection services um, so those were the um, those were the the primary um, you know thing considerations at that time. They were um, the organized stakeholders that could make the demand that yeah, said we want to have a yeah. seat at this table. You know, I think there are. Um, you know, I think some of some of those other things are probably a better fit to be addressed at a state level than on a piecemeal uh, municipal level um you know a lot of these uh you know a lot of these boards are you know they're volunteer basis it's you know let's just take for example a library board you know i could see that becoming very complex <laughs> you know they have to enter into negotiations with you know xyz suburb and def suburb but not abc suburb they get to do whatever they want and QRS also gets to do whatever they want and it becoming very complicated uh, for those entities. So I think it's probably a better issue to be addressed at the state level. Um, the state has looked at some of these things before and tinkered around the edges. Um, but I think also just from a standpoint of the uh, competitiveness factor, that's another reason that it's it's better addressed at the state because you know cities are going to have a hard time essentially taking away some element of their competitive advantage. Yeah, we saw a lot of that with um, Amazon HQ2. Mm -hmm. uh, every yeah. city basically in America coughed up every bit of financial data and information and was willing to mortgage and sell the house right. uh, to get hold of that headquarters. 
when in reality, uh, really, they were only ever going to be in New York or somewhere along the coast. And uh, I think what they really got out of that deal was to see just how quickly we would debase ourselves in order to, to land one of these things. Um, it, there are some underlying, as you said, that's being addressed and looked at some at the state level. And there's some underlying uh, documents in the Tax Increment Review Count or Tax Incentive Review Council, uh, some papers that were published that did talk about the impacts to county services and things mm-hmm. like that. And it's just about like, who do we define as in the circle and who do we define as out right. of the circle? And I, I just don't really care for small rooms of people making large uh, decisions over 30 years of uh, taxable uh, revenues for places and, and geographies that don't sure. have that kind of uh, uh, forecasting yeah. uh, help available. So. No, I, I think that's a very fair perspective. Um, like I said, I mean, if 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 I were tasked <laughs> back in uh, back when the Constitution was written for the state of Ohio, I I, I would have done it a little bit. How many pages would it have been, Pete? <laughs> How many pages would it have been? I think is the only less real than one sixty six. Oh well, all right, tighter tighter page count. I do like that. Uh, yeah, I I think that was pretty much all I had. I wanted to get through as far as those uh, questions were concerned. You're uh, raising three daughters yes uh right now you're you're putting them through school here in hilliard in various right. formats and all the in all these different various places uh the interplay between city council and schools has been uh much discussed and much ballyhooed we've heard that there are more meetings taking place now between all these different intergovernmental bodies as the mm-hmm. uh, various people have become uh more organized and more directed and everything like that how would you say that relationship is growing and needs to grow in the future to best serve the needs of, of all the people that are trying to make a home here in Hilliard? Yeah, I mean, so when it's it's no secret that when I began on council, the relationship between the schools and the city was not good. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was, in fact, at times quite adversarial. Um, I don't think that's ever healthy for a community. Now, they're, they're two very, you know, they're, they're different bodies. They have different uh, missions to accomplish. So there inevitably can be some places for tension friction. Um, but it should never devolve to where it seemed to have been at that point. And uh, so I think, as with uh, a lot of issues, communication was a key component in in improving um, those relationships. So uh, back when I first started, I was part of that first group that said, "Hey, let's uh, let's meet once a month." Um, you know, a couple council members, a couple school board members, superintendent, um, uh, township trustee. You know, let's just meet. Uh, Informally, we did it at uh, Scramblers. You know, we got breakfast, and we just went around the table and said, "Hey, these are the things we're working on." Um, just a place to say, "Hey, these are the big, the big things that we're discussing," and have the opportunity for feedback from, you know, the other entities. Um, I thought it was very successful at the time. Uh, I haven't been a part of those meetings now since I dropped off of leadership of uh, city council. Um, so, you know, but I think things like that can be very helpful. Um, and so I hope we continue continue to do those things. I think as a result of our relationships getting better, 
it's it's kind of feeding on itself a little bit too um you know to t- take for example the schools and city relationship you know we the economic development team works very closely with the school treasurer um on all of these development packages that we look at um you know the idea isn't to (laughs) come to a meeting and have people shouting at each other and saying this is terrible for us this is terrible for you the idea is to start developing some consensus and understanding frameworks of okay if i'm in the city's position i understand what the needs what the what the red lines are for what their the first thoughts are yeah, yeah priorities um and and as a school you know they recognize okay the city needs this for you know continued uh commercial growth and and so on um and so we're just working together on a daily basis uh much better than we were there's always room for continued improvement um and i hope it continues to at least at least if you have an ongoing conversation you get a feel for what is going to tick them off (laughs) yes that's that's an important element and if you're not talking you're not going to know so you may not you have no desire to yeah you you may be offending someone left and right and have no clue you need to know uh what people what what people want to get out of a situation and what they can't live with in a situation um and that's true in all areas in my business that's I ask people, I always ask people when we're talking about plants, are there colors you like? And I need to know, are there colors you don't like? If you hate yellow, I don't want to come back to you with a drawing that has a bunch of plant material that flowers like yellow. Like a big red cape in you front know? of a bull, you know. Yeah. Don't so, mess with these lands in, in this area as a school. Yeah. You know, school districts have certain... Uh, yeah. uh, so yeah. in, in all partnerships, you need to know those things. You need to know what what somebody needs, what somebody really doesn't want, and then you find somewhere in that space in between to come together. Um, at least that's the way you hope it works. I told you after uh, the the candidates evening that I thought you presented the most effective synthesis perspective of trying to navigate some type of middle path, and I stand by that uh, assessment today. It's what I've always found you to be is that uh, that person who's trying to take one next step, one next step, one next step. So I, I certainly appreciate that characteristic in your in your public service and in your work. Um, speaking to that a little bit, what has it been like to see other people come into city government and face the challenges of learning things? How I mean, it's even as simple as going about your job and being able to serve with integrity uh, without committing some heinous act that... Uh, <laughs> uh, creates a media sensation so uh how's it been kind of going through that process of being the junior to the senior yeah i mean you have to uh and i mentioned this a little bit in the candidates night you have to have a willingness to listen and to have some humility that sometimes you're not right (laughs) um as i said in that candidates night you know i came in I was never a firebrand, but, but, you know, I had, I had strong opinions on this or that. Um, but I also had a willingness to understand why things were the way they were. Um, in our Facebook, Twitter world, it's very easy to go out there and say, you know, 
these people are idiots. Why did they do that? Why didn't they do this? Um, as a leader, I think it's very important to take the time to understand why didn't they do this? Why did they do that? It doesn't mean you will ultimately 100% agree with the path that was chosen, but it at least gives you some insight on, um, you know, some understanding of, of why things are done a certain way. And that's only going to make you better as a decision maker. Um, and so that's, you know, with some of the newer members, I've, I've had these conversations with them of, you know, take in the information, you know, uh, reach out to people and, you know, learn about the things you don't know about. If Do you're not struggling be afraid with, to ask a question. Yeah, if, <laughs> right. if you're struggling with the budget, you know, set up a meeting with someone to sit down with you. I did that when I first started. And, you know, we went through it line by line to help me understand what this means, what these are. Um, and so when you do that, then, you know, you're going to make better decisions going forward. You're not going to be right every time. Sometimes you might say, gosh, I screwed that one up. Sure. Um, but you're going to be more effective. You're also going to be more effective. It, it, it's a legislative body. The idea is to persuade others to your opinion. You're going to be more effective at persuading people to your opinion if you have the information and facts behind you uh, as opposed to just being loud and pounding on the table. Um, that is generally not a good way to persuade someone. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's that's spending political capital. <laughs> yeah, sure. Assuming other people are dumb is a pretty good sign that you are, you are probably also dumb. Generally a bad call. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, understanding why people do something you don't agree with. Yeah, we have a usually means you're missing some important context. You need to that's right. To you figure out what that is and go after it and get it. Understand deeply why something happened. Yeah, we have a very talented staff. We have very knowledgeable people. Um, <clears throat> traffic gets beat up all the time. Letty is very good at her job. She is very knowledgeable. Um, I might not like waiting a couple of extra minutes at a certain time of day at a certain intersection, but I've come to understand why certain things are prioritized the way they are, you know, and, and the idea is to continually improve. Um, and so, you know, these are good people. These are professionals. Um, and I think most of Hilliard recognizes that. I mean, one of the numbers I was most encouraged about when we did the community survey last year, 94% of our residents think that they get good government services. That's pretty good. I don't think you would get that if somebody pulled that question for the federal government or the state government, um, but people by and large in Hilliard are, are pleased with the way things are going. And but by no means is the city, you know, saying, oh, phew, well, glad they like it. We'll rest on our laurels. Uh, it's always, it's a constant process of, of improvement. Um, so. It's too bad she has to explain roundabouts as often as she does. <laughs> yeah, I love them. My crazy, so I, I mean, I do you too. don't want to know my crazy traffic idea for fixing all these problems. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, know, I know your idea. Yeah. It is crazy. It is crazy. Uh, it's closing Cemetery Road, by the way. Uh, but no. 
he had, he had to, let him. me put myself back in my chair. He had to lean away from the mic <laughs> to make sure that that didn't pick up his royals of laughter. No, uh, but I will say that I, I do echo that call and that sentiment that it's an evolution and people getting involved and getting engaged with the process are lucky to have people as knowledgeable as uh, someone like Letty uh, Shop, who's been here doing a, a good job for so many years and, and taking in all this modernization and taking in all this population growth and translating it into a, a livable city that's yeah. got its hiccups. Uh, yeah, for sure. But Letty I called... Shamp had a lot, lot to do with making the city flow well. Yeah, <laughs> I called 311 yesterday for a small pothole and it was fixed this afternoon. So, you know, yeah. things are done. Things get done. Uh, I I would want to say one last bit before we kind of sign out, unless anybody has any final questions. Kevin, please Pivot go ahead. Again? Yeah, guess go where ahead. to go. Do it. Do what it need. Do what I needs found to be a done. way to make music uh, mentioned oh. in these podcasts so far. Now I've set a standard. Now I have to figure out how to do it yeah. at the time. Probably final but, casual question. But, go ahead. Yes, uh, you mentioned uh, the income tax that a city has can be put toward. Amenities, which would include July 4th celebrations and the concerts. Yeah. I also covered the city of Dublin. Um, as I was a reporter for the former Hillary Northwest News, I was also for the Dublin Villager. So um, I've been to some of their July 4th um, fireworks and concerts. And I've seen there Pat Benatar, Rick Springfield, Huey Lewis in the News. Oh, nice. Even Chicago. So if mm. Hilliard had a budget, uh, and I presume bringing those uh, entertainment acts might cost a little more than what we've had. Uh-huh. Uh, what what <laughs> act would you bring if city council? It's an unlimited budget. Great question. Well, this no, is not a not okay. great we question. Can't bring Aerosmith or something <laughs> like that. We're talking Pat okay. Benatar. But, who are you shooting okay. for? <laughs> yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're talking um, '80s acts who can no longer probably fill a football right. stadium. Okay. Uh, He's already got an answer. I think he's got some. Yeah, because I already made the suggestion. I would like to see Toto here. Oh, there oh he is. awesome. <laughs> there All right. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, if we can make that happen, that would be excellent. All right. <laughs> I know that I feel like I've seen them on that State Fair band. If they're playing the I State Fair, they, they played, will play yeah, the suburbs. Like Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Hold the line. Do you have a favorite Toto song besides Hold the line? I mean, everybody say, likes Africa, but right. you know, Hold the Line would be go. my second favorite. Okay. I think I go. might go with 99. <laughs> or, Kevin's always with the B side. Or, or um, Stranger in Town, which Again. was an A side. 99 charted too. Uh, Stranger in Town, which neither one of those were huge chart records um, like Africa and Rosanna. Toto, those guys. Toto died with Jeff Procaro for me video <laughs> video ruined him. Peace, peace be upon him their hands in a lot of blessed other name. places uh, you could do a flow chart where some of those members co-wrote or played instruments on or did oh. backing vocals oh for sure they, many other they all got bands. around yeah um, so. well now, bring it back to uh, non um non-toto yeah, non-music <laughs> stuff. yeah just the just to land this plane uh Pete, I just wanted to say thank you again for coming out this afternoon. Uh, we have uh, started uh, breaking through all these different things we'd never done before. We'd never done one after 6 p.m., and we did that last time. We'd never started one without Kevin, and we did that this time. Next time, Tim is going to be asleep for 40% <laughs> of the interview, and then I'm going to fall asleep when he wakes up and takes over the other half. 
But maybe uh, we'll figure something else out to do to make the next one even more interesting for you, the listener. And uh, until then, and in the meantime, please like and subscribe uh, and support, if you can, the mission of the Hilliard Beacon. Share the Hilliard Beacon to your friends and neighbors. Make sure everybody knows where you can come and hear long-form conversations and interviews with your local election candidates and uh, various shows where we discuss happenings here in Hilliard between the three of us and other guests that we have in. Don't mind telling you that I have uh, recently uh, booked and I'm very excited to have in Dr. Mark Partridge and Nick Messenger to discuss that very uh, tax increment financing paper that underlies uh, Auditor Stinziano's tax increment review report. So, you know, more tax increment review knowledge and uh, radio from Jordan. These guys are all miming pillows and are ready to take naps. <laughs> but uh, I will bring that to you, the listener, and that will be uh, purely on your discretion. You can listen or disregard if you so choose. But uh, please do uh, like, subscribe, and share. Please uh, support us how you can, and let us know what you would like to hear more of in the future because we are here to provide authentic journalism with integrity and to support uh, the community getting the information they need to make good, informed decisions. So until next time, for Kevin Corvo, for Tim Hoffman, and for Pete Marsh, candidate for Hilliard City Council, uh, I am Jordan Smith, and we are saying goodbye.